your starter jackets, rip off your tearaways and blow into those game cartridges. I'm Sam Blanford. I'm Sean Kelly. I'm Pat Sellers. And we wish it was the 90s. Uh, episode 2 of the X-Men animated series run-through. Today we cover Deadly Reunions, Captive Hearts, Cold Vengeance, Slave Island and the Unstoppable Juggernaut. Um, Sam, I believe you have some complaints about the episodes. Uh, yes, Sean. I'm confused, fuddled as to why they are not in order on Disney+. Plus. So I believe there's two issues here. Issue one is that Disney Plus uh, has done this for a lot of TV shows that they've, they've posted. I, I believe there's been some complaints about some Simpsons episodes as well. And the second part is, quite often with the X-Men animated series, episodes weren't released in order at the time because of um, recording, getting the right people in the booths and stuff like that. And they had a storyline and then... And then they couldn't release it in the order they wanted to. And children's Saturday morning cartoons, hard to notice. But you'd have to say, if the unstoppable juggernaut doesn't follow Slave Island, it really is messing with your viewing order. <laughs> um, so is, has Disney Plus gone on release date? Is that a little, uh, no, a little bit, but they've also just mucked up heaps. Uh, we, it, gets, <laughs> it gets way worse when you get to season three and four and five. Like, it's all over the place. I don't understand how that, how that actually, like, surely they have been told that it's wrong and they can go in and change it. You'd think it'd be a big enough company. Yeah, like, there must be someone working there, you know, sometimes. And Maybe it's a flex from there. Yeah, they don't yeah. care. They're raking in the millions. Yeah, they yeah, own everything. Yeah. They'll be sponsoring this podcast soon. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. And then that is, this will be the last bad words we'll ever say about Disney. Yeah. In fact, I'd like to retract any negative comments about Disney <laughs> right now. What an amazing outfit. I love and Disney. I, I, I love that they have all these episodes out of order. I reckon it's better. <laughs> right. Shall we jump in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have some absolute rippers in terms of quotes and stuff out of these episodes as well yeah. absolute dynamite yeah full disclosure me and pat watched the first three together over a month well nearly a month ago pat was steamed and i was pretty tired and mm. i'm not 100 percent sure what happened we also yeah. had to keep pausing it and explaining what was going on to his wife <laughs> yeah we're also taking notes which you know when i was half cut they um pretty hard to read back but um yeah my handwriting's not the best of best times. And uh, yeah, so I've had to re-decipher a lot of those. And we also had to keep refraining from talking about what was happening because we were like, oh, we can't talk about it because we couldn't talk a podcast about it. Yes. Spoil we should material. have done because we would have forgot. I don't mind yeah. I don't mind having a having a mock conversation before the podcast. Yeah, I was I was right thinking on. I was thinking about this before and I was ex thinking about the experience of me and Pat watching that together and I'd love to do a um a live episode where we um, sort of discuss as happens. Um, maybe, maybe when things really heat up, season two, season three. Yeah, nice, uh, nice bottle of gin would go down well with a you know good five episode run through. A five episode? You must be talking about the Phoenix Saga. Oh. We'll save that. We'll save it. Right. So anyway, so deadly reunions. Right. Uh, we've we we're backing up of this uh, 
this conversation between Logan and Professor X in the last one about how come, you know, we got to go stop your enemy, but you, we don't have to do anything to mine. Mm. And this episode opens um, inside Sabretooth's mine. And geez, what a hellhole. Um, <laughs> it reminded me of, of that Simpsons episode um, where Homer eats um, the hot Chief, chili? Chief Wiggum's hot chilies and, <laughs> and completely trips out. Yeah. <laughs> it's 100 percent like that yeah i thought it was a bit legion-esque as well which if you've seen the um, yeah. the show legion i thought there was a few similarities they were a little bit on the nose with a couple of things like talking about you know what are these demons of your past and then there's literal demons chasing after him <laughs> like people turning into demons as well yeah um, just quickly we get these flashes of um um faces um and there's uh deadpool omega red and maverick uh probably the three big cameos there and it's important to note um Deadpool, Omega Red, and Maverick all sort of debut around the same time, which is like late, well, early 90s in the comics. At the time that they recorded this, Deadpool is not um, famous. He's not the character that, he's not Ryan Reynolds yet. Um, so he's just, he's just in there because he, he looks cool and he's sort of part of that backstory. Uh, I'm just looking at my notes and I've got a note that says, what the fuck is going on in Sabretooth's mind? <laughs> I didn't know it was his mind. I just like, what the hell's going on here? It's a good cold start into it as well. Like they're just there and he's yeah. you know, flying and being a terrible psychotherapist. Uh, and uh, you do get some good things about Sabretooth and they're like, you know, he's, he's obviously a villain, but you know, there's reasons why maybe he's the way he is and he's had a tough life and professor x talks about it um but um basically there's there's no breaking through and when professor x thinks he is then you get your your wolverine demon thing and all, all sorts of that i'm just looking at a picture of it now and that thing of like it's like wolverine he's on fire he's melting and He's like got flames to make up his mask. It's it's absolutely insane. And then they he gets stuck in that brick wall and he won't let Professor X. That's all really, you know, in the mind kind of stuff. I'm sure that's not what it's really like, but I wouldn't know. I have two questions about Sabretooth. Oh, yes. First one, is he wearing clothes? Is there like some sort of lycra setup or is he just a full animal man? I believe that's a costume. That's a costume? Yeah. Okay. So he's just put those 1,000 abs down the middle, which is second question. Like those, he's got more abs than Peter Andre. They keep going. They go all the way down like they might go to his kitty yep. little coin purse. <laughs> just keep going down in twos. Straight to it. Um, yeah. And he would have fairy balls too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, look, there's, I've got a question here. Like, um, Sabretooth doesn't have any pupils. <laughs> she's just, just all eye. Um, they carried that on into the first movie as well. He had all white eyes. He remember? did. Well, like, no, he had real big black pupils. Oh, was he all pupil? Yeah, like, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, so so they get through this and, and, and there's not much happening and um then and then we sort of get out of that right and 
then they're in the in Professor X's office, and um, Cyclops and and Storm and Wolverine are, are yarning, and, and I and I think Wolverine might be drinking a beer. I've got uh, Wolverine, aka Meg Griffin, uses his powers to open a can of pop slash soda. <laughs> so I, I don't know whether it, it could be a beer. Yeah, uh, and and we get the ex- yeah. Uh, I I had similar notes. <laughs> We get this sort of explanation about Professor X and Magneto's background that, you know, Magneto believes in the next stage in human evolution um, and mutants are destined to rule the world. And that's something that has existed for a long time and still exists today in the X-Men trope. Um, uh, Wolverine's says something about uh stop the philosophy and let's go kick magneto's butt or whatever um <laughs> as, as he does um well they've got saber tooth and another one of those floaty chairs though eh? oh i have also got a note that says so many floaty chairs yeah it started getting me thinking about because obviously xavier's cashed up and is he the inventor of the floaty chair and that's where he's got all his money <laughs> Professor X's patented floaty chair. Mm. Where's the where's the term floaty chair come from? Surely it's a hover chair. <laughs> Mate, we must have discussed this when Pat was steamed. Yeah. I think um, floaty chair. I've also got a special note of um, when Cyclops is talking about um, mutants. Instead of talking about their mutant gifts or powers, he talks about our special powers. <laughs> that Cyclops, did you say? Oh yeah. And then I, your favorite character has a couple of absolute wazzes in these few episodes. I don't know. (laughs) Jubilee's up there. Jubilee sucks, man. Yeah, she's so annoying. Um, Yeah, it's not her fault, though. She's a kid. Why she gets put in the position she gets put in to look after Sabretooth is completely beyond me. Absolutely insane. Um, There's also. There's a, I've got a quote I've written down here that I'm guessing Professor X says about Sabretooth's mind. It says, I'll penetrate his recesses. <laughs> uh, and, the, and there's that, that mint part where Wolverine gets a bit wild up and Cyclops just gives him a light pat on the back. <laughs> Has Wolverine um, left yet, like just in a half? Uh, when does he leave in a half? Is it in that meeting? Pretty soon after that, I'm from memory, yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, it is, yeah. It's just before um, uh, they find out that uh, Cerebro detects that Magneto's attacking a chemical plant. Another mm. classic comic book trope, chemical plants. I like it. Magneto um, is such a good villain. Oh, isn't he just phenomenal? I keep the right. My notes continuously say the same things. It's just how mint is Magneto. I whip Magneto. I've got. <laughs> He's good. The voice actor's good too. Yeah. Um, oh, we've got a drink. Pat said something about a voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't mentioned Sabretooth voice actor because I wrote that down. He's so aggressive. He is so yeah. snarly. Definitely a lunatic Cyclops was right. (laughs) Every time he enters a scene, it's just that. (laughs) (laughs) That was bang on. (laughs) That was bang on. (laughs) Um, 
I I love that when um, it comes out that Magneto's attacked a chemical plant. Professor X instantly thinks that it's about him. He's like, yeah. oh, he's he's doing it to draw me out. Like, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but I mean, I, of all the characters I've got beef with, I think Professor X is my my my, uh, my biggest concern for the X Men. Yeah, he's got to be um, the main bad guy, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he could well be. I also love the fact that so they're they're running off to the X jet, and um, and you get a montage of the them jumping on the X jet and it taking off, and the theme song just kicks in. <laughs> well, no, I, I I wasn't listening to the theme song because the jet seems to come out of like some cliff over the ocean. Yeah, I remember when Jubilee got dropped off. It was just like residential Detroit. <laughs> no, that's where that um, oh, that's where the secret oh, sentinel f- um, plant was. It, was. <laughs> it was yeah. residential somewhere. It's it's <laughs> upstate New York in a place called um, uh, Winchester or Westchester. Westchester. There's not there's um, not many uh, cliffs around there. I would say. Wouldn't have yeah. thought like, so. The the X Men's hideout like does seem like a bad guy's hideout. <laughs> well, got a lot of ma- evil about it. The, their main um, st- strategy room is called the War Room. <laughs> <laughs> they train in the Danger Room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, right. Um, so, um, so they they go they go in and um, and and they find Magneto. Oh, sorry. We get a little scene of Magneto in his hideout before that. And he flips through a map trying to work out where Xavier will expect him and supposes the Metro chemical plant would be as good as place as any because it's populated by humans, which would make great bait. Um, um, so anyway, they're off and, and Magneto is just absolutely wrecking the place. And, um, and, um, and, the, and they go in and I've got this note somewhere that uh, Rogue, Cyclops and Storm get absolutely rolled by Magneto. Just, they do. Um, Storm gets a pile of bricks on her and cue the claustrophobia. That'll come up again. Um, and there's, I think... Who, sorry, as someone who hasn't, um, who hasn't watched this before... I don't think it was apparent what uh, Rogue's, I was about to call her Vogue, what Rogue's power was. So Rogue can absorb others, other powers. Yeah, she gets Correct. the powers and the memories. Okay, that, that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, so I think yeah. there, was a, there was a brief backstory to her in one of the first episodes where she talks about the first boy she ever kissed ended up in a coma. Um, and and she gets haunted by his memories for a while. Um, there's definitely more rogue backstories coming up. By coming up, I mean somewhere in the next five seasons. She she does an absolutely terrible job getting hold of Cyclops's powers in that scene when she has to resuscitate him. It's like, how do I turn these off? He's like, close your eyes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't make sense. So Cyclops just walks around blind until he wants to. Nah, use so hey, here's the glasses. The visor is made of a special um, substance, <laughs> ru- ruby quartz. Um, is that a real thing as well? I was wondering what ruby what, quartz are actually real. I mean, rubies are real. Rubies are. Um, and my 
so the visor works with when when he opens it opens up and he can decide how much opens and that just determines how much of the blast comes out and then when he's wearing the shades he's just fully protected even though quite clearly if he looked sideways he'd kill someone yeah what what about when he was born <laughs> I killed the doctor. Sam, Sammy, 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 Sammy. He, most mutants don't develop their powers until puberty. Oh, how did I not know? Don't worry, you get oh, a Cyclops no. backstory as well. <laughs> I, I, I just like to. Um, I, I think yes, Rogue has great absorbing powers, but her main power is her one-liners. Yeah, <laughs> some gems. I've, I, I've noticed. I've noted in the scene that there are some quality close-ups. You just, get, you just can't get too close to some men. <laughs> so she doesn't stop. Um, Come on, pretty boy. Make a girl feel welcome. So, <laughs> something that, make, that makes me really uncomfortable as an adult, but I never noticed as a child, is that whenever she gets knocked out or pushed over or on the deck, you always get a, an appropriate shot of her ass. And I'm like, someone's drawing or like animating this. Like, you don't need this in a kid's cartoon. No, they, you definitely noticed when you're a kid, and that was one of the big reasons you came back. That's when my mutant powers well, activated. Selling it to ten-year-old boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also got this quote that when Magneto's talking, I don't, I can't remember if he's talking to Professor X or just about him to the X-Men, and he says. I oh, know he's pondering how Professor X might have changed, and he says, "Perhaps a toupee." <laughs> <laughs> I had that line written down too. That was real good. Was he just like mugging? Was like, "Oh, he's real Rosito. He's going to be bald when he's old." And he's like, "I can't wait to see him. He's going to be wearing a toupee." Oh, he's just uh, bald. And and then uh, so after this this battle, um, where he's he's really carving up, uh, you get a little um, flashback, right? Oh, to Nido's past? Yeah. Yeah, it's when Xavier's trying to, like, put him off his game and he's oh, yeah, all those memories. And By an, an, aggressive for, an aggressive force in armbands. They can't put Nazis in a kid's show, but they're Nazis. They're definitely. I mean, in the cartoons, the, the um, being a Holocaust survivor is Magneto's main motivation. You know, he won't see his people. Yeah. yeah, won't see his people get put through that again, which again makes him a great villain because you're like, fair enough. Yeah, that was awful. Um, yeah, Magneto in the comic book, Sammy is a Auschwitz survivor. Uh, I did read something when I was doing a little bit of research about that. Yeah, which makes uh, sense. Pretty... Around yeah. the was it the fourth episode that we watched? It was, I think, based around the Holocaust. Is that the into Magneto? Yeah, when he does now, and yeah, when Beast does the Shylock uh, speech. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I've got so we, yeah, so we get this this little you know, and then it cuts to Senator Kelly, Kelly, um, one of my high school nicknames, um, announcing that. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, he's like that awkward uncle at dinners who's a bit racist. A bit. <laughs> in his announcement speech, he's talking about internment camps. That's I was just about to bring that up. He's, saying, he's going to run for president to eradicate, well, not eradicate, but to end the mutant problem by uh, 
bringing in internment camps, really ramming home this Nazi metaphor, or not even, yeah, yeah. Um, and so then we've got um, Jubilee and Sabretooth alone in the mansion, and I've got written down here, Jubilee is a fucking moron, so is Professor X. Yeah, that's just yeah. terrible. I got that more on Professor X. She's a kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, it sort of seems like Professor X actually isn't that good of a telepath. Because, like, he... Well, obviously, you're going to explain it, but he grabs Jubilee after tricking her into letting one of his arms free, mm. which is ridiculous. And then he says, like, he had faked all those progressions and stuff. It's like, why couldn't Professor X see that when he was like in his mind that Sabretooth was just faking it all. Like that's unless Sabretooth is an extremely strong mind. He doesn't seem to be. He seems to be a lunatic like Cyclops always <laughs> is. But um nah, yeah. it's a real flaw. I've I have I also noted that with that Sabretooth snarls the line, I've been faking it. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get Pat to do the Sabretooth impressions around here. So yeah, so apologies, Pat. Oh, I don't want to step on any of my favorite voice actors' toes. <laughs> I've got, and then so we find out that Sabretooth has been working for Magneto as a distraction. And I just wrote, great plans, Magneto. That's mm. great. He, he, he's, he even, Sabretooth even says, and I won't do the voice because I don't want to upset Pat or Pat's favorite voice actors. <laughs> but he even says he knew Professor X would be too much of a sucker to not want to help me. You know, like, Magneto's Bang got on. his number. And then I've got a note here saying, Sabretooth has got smell powers too. Who <laughs> else mm. has got <clears throat> smell powers? Not, not Meg. <laughs> and, then, and then I've got this heaps of great banter between Wolverine and Sabretooth. Um, and my, in particular, maybe the greatest line in the whole series. <laughs> you egg-sucking piece of gutter trash. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's that is that is the best line in the entire series. I didn't realize it was so early on. Like I still remembered that. That's um, great. That's great. And I don't know if this is when it happens here, or I was distracted by Pat's drinking. But I've got this line from Rogue where I think oh, I must be afterwards, and she says to um, Cyclops, "We'll have to do it again sometime." And Cyclops literally panics on screen. You can see <laughs> yeah. him panicking. He turns into yeah. a dithering mess. <laughs> That's meant. Well, that's about the same time as they have a cup of hot chocolate out of these ridiculous coffee machines behind their beds. And also, why are they going back to someone's like bedroom as well? They're all sitting on beds. That's when Rogue hits on Cyclops. Yeah, this is a three AM sub party. Hot chocky. <laughs> and then I've got this question about this whole episode. Oh, there's a, there's a, yeah, where was Gene and Gambit? Just nowhere to be seen. Not in the mansion, not on the mission. Gambit's pretty, um, pretty absent in a couple of these yeah. This is Beast, much to my dismay. Beast is in, uh, in his, in his holding cell. Yeah, as you, you did say that last, um, pod that he, um, he's a bit character this first. Season. Yeah, first season. Um, and I've just got this um, this quote from Magneto at the end as he's looking on. Mutants will come to me by the thousands and we will destroy you. Oh, yeah. oh. 
probably right, like, especially with Senator Kelly's launch. It's like, if you're a mutant, you might be running to Magneto to join him. Mm. Rather than the idiot that leaves a kid to be security guard for a giant saber tooth. <laughs> yeah. Any, um, any final thoughts on uh, deadly reunions? Not so, de- not so deadly. Just had Wolverine just calling out Professor X being you're out of line when he was absolutely spot on. Mm. Wolverine's also smarter than Professor X. A lot of people are in this, it seems. Mm. Um, and I just thought maybe we got a bit of a guide to that a lot of these characters are actually still really young because um, I said here because they had a cup of hot chocolate. <laughs> I reckon that's probably just Cyclops' style. He's a real hot, chalky man. It's quite yeah. weird. Um, least, least we forget, and we do find out later, Wolverine's the oldest character. He looks the oldest. <laughs> I really the like his big look. big age gap between him and Gene, then, isn't there? Which makes it weirder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't, let's not get started on that. Jesus. Right, shall we move into Captive <laughs> Hearts? Yep. Starts with one of my favourite things. A danger room session. <laughs> in, the, in the original X-Men comics in the 60s, which are really, really, really hard to read, heaps of issues start with danger room sessions. And it's just the X-Men being real cocky and, and, then, and then getting a dressing down from Cyclops and Professor X. And, um, and Jean Grey, known as Marvel Girl at the time, being like terrible and everyone fawning over trying to save her. Mm. Um, but anyway, so we get, that, we get a pretty cool Danger Room session. And um, I really, really love it when Rogue calls Gambit a swamp rat. That's so I've got that written down as the first thing. Swamp rat. <laughs> Rogue to Gambit. Ha ha. <laughs> Quite a good mug off. You also uh, noticed that in the danger room, Professor X uses Morse death as a bit of a motivation for their training, but it seems like it's been like a couple of days since Morse died. <laughs> pretty, it's pretty full on. These are like teenagers, like, hey, you, you got to train hard. Otherwise, you know, look what happened to Morph. You're going to do it again. Remember, that was your fault. <laughs> it's a lot of credence to Professor X being Morph. a jerk and running a, um, a black ops military team as a school. Um, we in that danger room session we get another another glimpse of storm's claustrophobia um which is also real tough training from professor x because he knows about that Mm. storm is um at this point really um coming on strong for me as a character Uh, these this since those first couple episodes i've really come around on storm and rogue not only are they, I quite, I like both of them. They are also the two leading powerhouses. Yeah. Um, and Jean certainly is a powerhouse as well, but we haven't seen much of her yet. Um, I, I, I love that Wolverine's bandaged, bandaged up in his room and doing a little bit of martial arts. Um, yeah, he's even, still really suffering from that saber-tooth claw mark. Which yeah. is, what's the story behind that? How come he can heal from everything really fast except for that? Well, I don't know. In, in, an, in an episode to come, he gets tossed against a wall by Juggernaut and is like, Jubilee, don't. I'm like, Jubilee, <laughs> just, Jubilee just fell off like a five-story building and, and walked it off, mate. 
<laughs> his healing um, powers seem to be all over the show then. I thought there yeah. might be an extra explanation. Something to do with his claws or something. Um yeah. Uh I've got I've got these notes. It says uh so Jean goes in to check on him and then Wolverine makes a pass at her. Um which mm. although that although that's a massive thing from the comic books, it's not really a major factor until the nineties. I believe it's, more, it's she sort of comes to help him, gets a little close, they get a bit too face to face and Jean snaps out of him and goes Cyclops is waiting for me. And he replies, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Cyclops. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> that relationship, the Cyclops-Wolverine uh, relationship thickens at that point. Yeah, it's it's one of the best parts. It's up there with egg-sucking piece of gutter trash. Uh, yeah, I've got a note here. That's I've got two notes. One, they're off to Phantom of the Opera. Cyclops and Jean on a date night. And then I've got a note that says Cyclops is a massive nerd. Yeah, <laughs> I had that he's ruining date night by bringing up work, work stuff again. And yeah. uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I can relate to that. So I'm talking about work. It doesn't seem like much of a child show at this point. Um, some, <laughs> of the, some, some of what we've seen. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm just trying to work out is that scene when he's lying on the bed? Or does it happen later? Later. Oh, it's after it's later, yeah. Never mind. Very uh, yeah, so so anyway, Cyclops is a massive nerd and we meet Leech, who's a little green Morlock. Um, and he is a very prominent X Factor character in the eighties. Mm. Um and his <clears throat> mutant power, uh, in the cartoon, he can clearly levitate things with his mind, which I've never seen before. But in the comic books, whenever you get too close to him, your powers don't work. That's cool. Ah, and that's why he's called Leech. It's leeching yep. your powers. Gotcha. Yep. It's cool. Uh, and so he's just trying to get a bit of bit of grub and and um, and, and a, a bunch of bigots turn on him. Uh, just a note here that says, it's nice to see Jean do something. <laughs> well, she's in the uh, opening credits, and I still haven't seen her do anything. And then we, so there's this, this altercation, right? But then it cuts back to the mansion. Uh, Cyclops and Jean, we've got to do something. Cyclops literally can't take a day off, but I guess that's, that's admirable in that instance. Um, and then we get the classic Wolverine meme where he's clearly taken a photo out of Cyclops and Jean's room and is looking at it on his bed and then puts a claw through Cyclops. <laughs> Again, Meg using his powers for good. Um, and then I've got a note that says, my God, Gambit looks good in his Speedo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, And then so... The, the yeah, they're going they're going swimming or something. What what the hell's going on there? Is, and the, sometimes the jet comes out. Oh no, that's from after a bus underneath a basketball court. But there's a pool somewhere, somewhere near the uh, the cliff. <laughs> yeah, or maybe they went off the cliff. <laughs> um, and then so we we no, we did, we we've seen the old Mar Higgins mutant 
Oh, sorry, I skipped that little bit. So yeah, so so that that's that altercation. So they follow the Morlock into the subway, and the Morlocks attack the humans, and then and then Cyclops and Jean have to stop the Morlocks, and and it's they're kicking ass really. But then um, the old lady uses her weird hypnotic powers, and um, and Cyclops and Jean get captured. I was here for I was here for old Mahigans. Um Well. You know, as it, as it comes out later, you know, the, well, we'll talk about it when we get there about the Morlocks and and why she's um, why she's an anomaly within that group. Yeah. Um. So th- so we get to meet Callisto, um, and she's a leader of the Morlocks. The Morlocks, a big part of the eighties, um, and and um, you know, she is creepy as fuck. This is not a child's show. I need a companion to provide me with an ear. but she puts that she puts that explainer of like the morlocks all living under the sewers because they're the mutants that can't pass off as humans in day-to-day life but at least half of them could like some of them it's just like well i mean got a strange haircut and then yeah callisto's just an old lady yeah callisto's fine Callisto looks patch. more like a normal female than any of the other like starring role females. <laughs> yeah, she's certainly more proportionate. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, all too yucky to live in society. So in the sewers. Yeah, you're so yucky. Real uh, yucky sewer mutants. Um, and so she's making this weird play to make Cyclops her man. Um. And um and and the he's X-Men. aggressive about it too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't um, think he was going to get an option there for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so, I mean, I we'll skip ahead a little bit. Uh, the X Men um find out that they're they're down there. Well, they go looking and um go in to save them. And um. And some of the quotes, I haven't written enough down here, but um, I think it's Rogue who says something about the roaches grow big down here. She's um, and, uh, and And Gambit and Wolverine, I think, maybe get stuck to a wall by that weird clay mud man person. Yeah, he's, and... definitely, he's definitely yucky enough to be living in a soy. He keeps, like, dripping off bits and he like, keeps making <laughs> slushy noises when he moves. <laughs> You're that's a, that's a cool power. I don't know. I don't know why the old lady's there, but I mean, yeah, he can be in the sewer. Um, and I, I just, I've loved this quote where Gambit looks to Wolverine and he goes, "Sticky situation, mon ami." <laughs> and I love how Gambit's accents all over the place. I don't really know what a French New Orleans Cajun accent's supposed to sound like, but I don't think yeah, that's yeah, it. Pretty sure it's not it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, we get more of the mind control lady and um, look I've got to say Wolverine covered in scorpions do better <laughs> yeah that was poor get him off of me Nick um, saves the day in the end though doesn't he of course he does oh one note I had was Cyclops when he's out he's just got normal sunglasses on yeah they're not red they're ones not red. I reckon that's an animation error okay um, cause they are usually read. Um, right. and then I've gotten capital letters, smell powers. <laughs> it's 
Smell power is the best power. And usually when Wolverine uses smell powers, we get the theme song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he slammed his, his fast-growing nails into the ground. <laughs> and then I've got everything Gambit's saying here is mint. Um, and there's a character who, when they touch touch you, they make you sick. And that's, I'm assuming, a nod to one of the four horsemen of the Apocalypse Pestilence. Um, who's And then a character who we meet later, Apocalypse, has four horsemen, and one of them is Pestilence. I don't know if, I don't know if it's the same character or not, I can't remember, but that's the P- Pestilence power. He goes Gambit the Plague. Touch of the Plague! <laughs> Um, yeah and I think Rogue has to get Gambit out of there doesn't she Storm takes control of the situation which is also mint I suppose we've skipped that part you're right Wolverine um, um, realises using his smell powers that it's not um, it's not who it's it's like a morph type character right um, oh, they switched out Scotty. Scotty yeah. Boy. Scotty Dunn. Um, and then, so we get, um, somehow Storm knows the Morlock rules and challenges Callisto to a non-powered fight to lead the Morlocks, which is directly from the comic books, except at the time Storm doesn't have powers. She's been depowered. Um, and um, as we know, well, as as we know in the comics, at least Storm grew up in Cairo and and is quite the fighter. She was scrapping before she had mutant powers. Um, and um, so yeah, I've written here Storm versus Callisto, classic X Men stuff, except the lightsabers. <laughs> I like them. <laughs> There's good inclusion. And then I've got uh, does Callisto have powers? Good question. I also have that question. As her, she does. I don't know what they are. I believe her mutant power is um, horniness. Having one eye. <laughs> <laughs> who says? I don't know who says it. Who says? Throw those slugs off and let's get out of this puke hole. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something Wolverine would say. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's Wolverine. And then I've just got this last note of Gene looking into Scott's because Scott's powers don't work down there because sometimes he's powered by the sun and sometimes he's not. And, and and she talks about his beautiful eyes. It's, it's tough for Wolverine. Uh, what oh, I forgot to... There was one part where Ma Higgins controls <laughs> Jean and makes her think that she's a child and that Ma Higgins is her mum. And she, oh, I'm de- definitely not doing that voice. It's the most disgusting thing. It's way worse than any of the Morlocks is that weird like little kid voice that Jean puts on. <laughs> Gene's sound effects in general are pretty upsetting. Um, she passes out a lot. And Just the she, constant calling the old lady mummy. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's super weird. Yeah. I forgot to mention, I wanted to mention this up top. Well, Captive Hearts, uh, Cold Vengeance, and Slave Island. Um, uh the three episodes on the only X-Men animated series VHS that was available from United Video and Lower Hut. <laughs> and so I've, I actually hated the Morlocks because I got so sick of this episode. The Morlocks um, suck. 
Callisto's <laughs> quite cool, actually. Assume the Morlocks are going to come back. Seems like a weird episode yeah. to have. They, they, they do. Um, they, 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 not as much as they do in the comics. They uh, are subject to some pretty awful things in the comics. Let's just say, let's just say, there's a big, uh, big crossover event in the late '80s called the Mutant Massacre, mm. and it's in the tunnels. I feel like the purpose of this episode is not necessarily to introduce the Morlocks. It's to flesh out Wolverine. Slash Meg. Yeah, but I think you also get a bit of Scott and Jean, right? Yeah, yeah. She just gives, um, Meg just gets a, a lot more depth. Um, they start to flesh, flesh them out. Uh, and, and it carries over into a couple of episodes that are coming. I'm also fully on board with only calling Logan Meg for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> Who the fuck is Logan? <laughs> And you called him Scott. Is that Cyclops, I assume? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Scott Summers. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, I'm gonna call them I'm gonna keep calling them by their real names because they never use them in the in the show, which would be insane. With <laughs> with the exception of Gene and Scott, who like you can and you can look this up, Sam. Uh, you can true. you can you can YouTube Scott and Gene saying each other's names and it's just on repeat for like two minutes. Scott Gene Gosh, Gene. <laughs> oh. Um, right. So, Cold Vengeance. I really liked this episode as a child. Um, as a child, obviously, Wolverine was my favorite character because um, I didn't realize he was such a jerk. Um, so, Wolverine's Canadian, and he's. Uh, it's weird because he, he he's good to be home, but it kind of seems like he's in Alaska to me. Yeah, um, it seemed a lot more Alaskary. But anyway, maybe he's on the border. Um, mm. And I've just got this note here saying, Sabretooth has set a classic Wiley Coyote trap. <laughs> <laughs> so Sabretooth is Wiley Coyote. Like, when you were talking about how intelligent Magneto was, I immediately thought of Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote and how stupid a villain that is and how much the villains progress. So I guess that would have been... Yeah, that would have been Wiley Coyote would have been around the same time as this, wouldn't it? That'd been around. Wiley Coyote had been around at this stage, surely. He's, yeah, Roadrunner yeah. was around when we were growing up. Yeah, they'd go right back, I'd say. And so they have this awesome fight in the snow, where the grunting and snarling is off the scale. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he gives Wolverine the Mufasa treatment. And um, and Sabretooth start get, starts giving an incredible eulogy. <laughs> Is this when he's floating away? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was some of the most insane shit. <laughs> and he's yelling at him that he's going to die alone, miserable and cold. And he's floating away on an iceberg. He's screaming at him from a mountain. And Wolverine oh, throws a real good one-liner only to himself because Sabretooth can't cap him. And he just says, at least I won't have to listen to your flipping mouth. <laughs> that was absolutely gold. Mm. Oh, even at the start of this episode, because I just put "shut the fuck up, Cyclops." Oh yeah. Well, here, we're about to segue into uh, go cut straight to the war room, and Cyclops is just giving Gambit an absolute serve. Yeah, Hates he him. is. He is real toey. 
And then Professor X comes in and he's like, what's going on here? And Cyclops is just like, I just didn't think it was a good idea for Gambit to be spreading unfounded rumors. It's like, bro, you were off your rocker. Um, I've just got a Cyclops, try to relax a little. Um, and um, yeah, He's and having so- a really off day. Yeah. Because when he, when he discovers that Wolverine's left, he's, he's like, just going off again about how Wolverine's left his friends. It's like, I mean, Wolverine hasn't acted like a friend to any of them at any stage. I don't think he likes you. Like, yeah, anyone he liked was really Morph. that worried about them leaving. Yeah, more he's a big fan of Morph. Yeah, Cyclops left him to die. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. Um. It just cracks me up how Professor X is like. Uh, like Gambit explains. So like, there's this island that. Um, uh, Genosha, uh, which is a massive part of the comics as well, that's um, welcoming mutants, um, and and you know it's a it's a beach resort, and um, yeah, mutants are welcome there, and, um, and Gambit's real defensive because he's just like a friend told him. So he's like, yeah. um, it's, anyway, and so no, Genosha is, is is a poor place name. Like that is just not really well thought through. Genosha. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it's weird, like, the, the, what do you call them? The Sentinels were from Detroit, Michigan, and then there's this place called Genosha. Especially when, because um, when it, it comes in the comic books, um, there's lots of experimentation on mutant genes there. Mm. Um, but Genosha is, so it's, I think it's off the coast of South Africa. Or Africa, at least. It's, it's, in, it's, in real life or in this? Uh, in this, it's not real. <laughs> I don't think. Um, but yeah, Genosha has a massive part to play in the comic books, big time. Um, anyway, so 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 Professor X is just like, I think it's a good idea to maybe have a holiday. There's been a lot going on in the last week. Um, and so uh, Gambit's going, Stor- Storm's up for it. And then Jubilee's like, asking Cyclops for some reason, can I go, please, please, please. And Cyclops full change of tune is just like, sure. Jubilee. I'm sure a beach can't be too dangerous. It's like, man, this guy, this guy's, I'm worried about this guy. He's all over the place. And then I've just got this note saying, um, um, they're going as tourists. Great cover. Why isn't Gambit wearing civvies? (laughs) Just it's a way to blend, way to blend in like a tourist. The other thing is that, like, when Cyclops sort of gave them the gig to go as tourists, it's like he really didn't believe that Storm and Jubilee were going to be able to pull off being tourists. He, like, had no faith in them at all. <laughs> so it's not that hard to cover. Like, they want to go on holiday. Like, they don't, like they're already there. Um, Gambit say, maybe we could all use a vacation. Um, right, then we cut back to Wolverine, right? And I've got here, Wolverine is a jerk to the young, arrogant lad. Um, and, I'm, coming uh, around, I'm coming around on Meg at this point. Yeah. So Wolverine befriends a, a group of Inuit people um, living, literally just living on the snow, man. Is this, but you said, isn't he supposed to be in Canada? Yeah. Weird. And what's weird is this show was made in Canada. So you think they'd know a bit more about what's going on. Well, I thought then because he's supposedly gone back home, shouldn't mm. shouldn't Meg be an Inuit? No, nah, he's just he's just he's just a 
Canadian. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying land. is, like, I didn't know. I didn't know it was Canada when I was watching it. Oh right. So when he I said, just no. saw these Inuits, and I was like, oh well, shouldn't he be an Inuit? That's a great point, and I've got nothing to say about that except he's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did have noted that he seems way happier living here, and I don't know why he would ever want to go back to the place that he clearly hated at X Mansion. Yeah. yeah, valid point. <laughs> so he he helps the, the 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 tribe out and gets accepted. Right? He's a he's an awesome fisherman. Um, because you know, probably smell powers. Yeah, smell under the water. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the young, the young lad's a bit chafed, but um, then he's talking to the chief, and it's quite, it's quite a nice little conversation there, actually. Um, and you know, like you've, you know, about finding his inner peace, and it's really interesting because this episode is genuinely repeated later with a trip to Japan. I can't wait to get to it. It's, just, it's the same episode. Um, um, but so I just love, so they're doing some sort of that, that, you know, that sheet trampoline routine. And I'm thinking here, if Wolverine's entire skeleton is made out of adamantium, he's going straight through that sheet and none of them are going to be strong enough to lift it. What is adamantium? Oh, adamantium is a fictional metal made up in the Marvel Universe to basically have indestructible metal as a MacGuffin. Hmm. Okay. Explanation. That's yeah. Wolverine's whole, Wolverine's whole backstory for the Weapon X thing is that he got the metal strapped to his bones because his super smelling and healing powers made him the only one of the few people alive that could survive the, the operation. You're missing his nail growing ability. That is something he was born with. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Um, I've written this note twice. Where are Sabretooth's pupils? Um, so, I don't know how many beers I'd had at this point, but I was obviously really focused on whether Sabretooth was wearing clothes or not. Because I've got another one about his outfit, and I, it just says... Does Sabretooth have footwear or does he have hooves? <laughs> I think he's got hooves. It looks a bit hoovy, to be honest, but maybe he's wearing a spandex over the top of his hooves. A little bit disappointed in myself. That was a note that I thought I needed to remember. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I've got this other note here that I just, I love how Sabretooth is so up for this. You know, yeah, like he, he was is... a great early villain, really good early villain. Um, yeah. Jeezy hates me. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so he tricks the young buck into um, taking Wolverine out on the boat so Sabretooth can get Wolverine, but really he just rips the tribe up, like spitefully to mug Wolverine off. And it, he, he straps the tribe to a bridge with a bomb. Back to his wily Coyote moves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they have the scrap and, and, and um, they save the people. And, and I just got this note. Looks like in the background you can see the northern lights. Yeah. Aurora Borealis. <laughs> At this time of year? <laughs> Located entirely in your front room. <laughs> um, and then I've just got Sabretooth. Failed for the old duck on a ledge routine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I've got some real weird notes, eh? <laughs> um, would you... Go for do, it. Do you, want to get to, do you want to get to the end and then I'll just run through what I had as notes? All I've got left is um, he's talking to the chief again and, and Wolverine gets really sentimental and says, you called me friend. And then the episode finishes with... Well, the episode finishes in Genosha. So do you have notes on Genosha, Pat, or do you want to unleash your notes now? Uh, one of my no- I do have one that relates to that, and it says, Jubilee and Storm are nailing being Taurus. What was Cyclops so worried about? So, so they get trapped in their, um, their accommodation and blast their way out because there's some sort of gas, some poison gas trying to or knock out gas. And I've just got this note that says, bloody sentinels. <laughs> Getting better at their job. Any more thoughts? Well, I'll come back to their job on Slave Island. Poor jeez. Um, <laughs> But any any more thoughts on Cold Vengeance? Yeah, I just had the bad Inuit has funny furry pants. And uh, I just really reveled in how Sabretooth is always going on about Wolverine slash Meg having gone soft. (laughs) 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 It annoys me he doesn't call call him Runt Heaps because that's his nickname for him in the comics, Runt. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, Yeah. because he's very short. He's like 5'4". My final He's note on... is oh, yeah. my final note just says Jubilee sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I don't remember what happened, but uh, it can't have been good. Um, right. My notes are way more detailed on this because Pat wasn't distracting me. Slave Island. <laughs> so is this, is this still one that you, you would have watched on VHS heaps? Yep. Yeah, okay. Um so um we've got uh they're in a prison camp of sorts. They're wearing inhibitor collars, which are from the comics, which take away your mutant power. Um, and the general has a classic army voice. Great voice acting. Uh, Storm, <laughs> as soon as they, as soon as their collars get deactivated, so they can use their mutant powers to build a dam. Uh, Storm immediately attacks and tries to get out of there. I'm like, Storm, this is dumb. Yeah, it's like, ridiculous. She just got explained to you how the inhibitor collars work. Yeah. And sure and enough, she pushes the fly really high. And they turn so it on. And she's like, on. she's like, oh no, my powers. It's like, that's how they work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have very serious questions whether she should be in the running for leadership or not sometimes. I've got a question for you guys. They've got all these sentinels. Why don't they get the sentinels to build the dam? <laughs> that's such a good point. They're only programmed to, to screw up. Yeah, um, and then oh, one of my favourite Gambit quotes. So a, a, a Sentinel pops up out of the river, <laughs> and, Jubil- and Jubilee's like, "Where did it come from?" And he just looks at it and goes, "There's always more Gators in the bar." <laughs> <laughs> Who says I thought we wiped out those overgrown dweebs? That definitely sounds like a Jubilee thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, dweebs! Yeah. That's horrendous. And, uh, and when we get Trask is back, our Sentinel maker, and, um, and she's putting Storm in a box. Not good for Storm. We're well aware of the claustrophobia now. I was interested that you mentioned Gambit's voice changes a lot, oh, his accent changes a lot, because I thought Storm's accent changes quite a bit early on also. Yeah, from sl- like kind of American to very African. 
yeah, very quickly. Sort of like um, uh, Halle Berry's performance in the actual X-Men movies, yeah. where after the first one, she got told by the director, just use your own accent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so I shouldn't watch the movies until I've finished watching these, right? I don't know if you should watch them. Oh. <laughs> okay. and, no, it'd, it'd be really interesting if you watched X-Men The Last Stand and X-Men Dark Phoenix after we watch the Phoenix Saga because they've had two runs at my, anyway that's we're off track but yeah um some of the some of the movies are good um we get some real good cameos working at this uh at this damn mutant camp yeah we do uh we've got the blob Big fan. uh we've got sunfire whoever's doing his japanese accent uh yeah, not 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 so well. Um, we've got oh, no. I think it's Thunderbird. It Thunderbird. I think it's Thunderbird because he's got the tassels, right? Right. Okay. Um, but they're brothers. Um, we talked about Thunderbird at the start because he was going to be in in it, but they chose Morph instead because they didn't want to kill off an indigenous character. Ah, right. Um, we get the Canadian twins, North Star and Aurora. Um, whose powers seem to work when they're together or something. Uh, we get Feral, X-Force Cat Lady. We get Mystique, no lines. We get Domino, no lines. I, and I, I could be wrong, but I think we get Richter, um, whose full name is Julio Richter. And he, uh, him and Northstar are quite famous in the early 2000s. Um, because they get retconned as homosexual characters. And Northstar is the first comic book character at Marvel or DC to have a same-sex marriage in the comic book. What year would have that been? Early 2000s. Oh, I've got a note here that just says, it's him that's about. Any, any, any memories, anyone? Uh, you're not referring to the oversized Sentinel yet? No. No, not no, not him. Um, I've Who got. Um, what's that? Who does Rogue say? Uh, look what the cat. And I'm pretty sure she says "drug in" instead of "dragged in." Does that just sound more southern? Probably. I think she says it's Wolverine because because he's sort of like, "Did you miss me?" Something like that. Cat drug in. I could. Oh, I. I had to replay it a number of times. <laughs> and look, I love Rogue's Rogue's constant one-liners, but she's becoming a little bit like Chandler Bing at this point. Just one-liner after one-liner after one-liner. Great green bomber jacket, though. Great, <laughs> great green bomber. Is it green or brown? It changes it, every. Scene. It's got. I think it starts brown in the first one, maybe two episodes, and then it switches to green. She has options. Right. She's got a wardrobe. So this obviously this conversation isn't at the slave camp. This is back in the war room, or at the mansion at least, and they can't get contact with the three of them. And and they're a bit worried. And then Jean Grace says something about Don't worry, Storm grew up on the streets of Cairo. Um good little exposition dump there. And then I've got a note saying we get back to the camp and my note here says Jubilee and her exposition dumps suck. 
Oh, poor Jubilee. And she she breaks out of her cell, and Gambit seems a bit off with her, and she's a bit bit put off by it. Um, the way that she does it yeah. is seems like how did none of these like way better superheroes do this before? All she does is like snatch the controller from one of the guards. Like, yeah. Did you not try that? How long have you guys been here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sunfire in particular is like pretty adamant that when the job's done, they're going home. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and then we're back in the war room and Professor X he won't be coming because he has think, things he has to do and he makes a phone call to Moira McTaggart who um, is a human doctor who specialises in mutant genealogy and biology and things like that um and up until three years ago she was always a human but you know comic books love retcons um and then we're back at the thing and it appears as though as gambit perhaps betrayed his friends i thought he he couldn't possibly have a heel turn seeing that he's in the opening credits yeah that's that's a fair thought mm. um then we're in the we're in the um in the in the main manufacturing building and we get um Gyric or Gyrich again. Gyric, I think his name is. Heroes man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And we and we and we've got um our first look at a man named Cameron Hodge, who's a big deal in the comics. Um he starts out as an ally to the original X-Men because he went to college with Angel and and but he secretly hates mutants and and betrays them and he becomes a recurring villain and ends up merging with the sentinel and so it been half man half sentinel it's also got something to do with the phalanx from memory but we'll get to that in season four <laughs> um but um so we get hodge there and then we get a character who was called the general i think but he's there i now go by leader and um if you want to know more about him I can't help you. Um, I actually looked him up, and this is his only appearance. Yeah. <laughs> and, it seemed, and it seems like it was setting us up for quite a lot because he has a bit of a rivalry with another character coming up. Um, so Gambit is the betrayer, right? Um, oh, and this is where we see Master Mold for the first time. Master Mold, definitely from the comics, a way bigger Sentinel that builds Sentinels inside himself. Although his his side seems to vary scene to scene, like depending on who's standing so close. Is that his only job in the in this series? Um, yeah, he he well, he comes up again, so I won't spoil Master Mold. Um, but uh, did the name Master Mold come up in the show? Did that? I thought they called it the Master Mold. Oh, okay. I yeah, I believe they do. Back. Um, and so Gambit is the uh, betrayer and then he, he's, he gives some information and then he's on his way back to his cell in that car and he sees, I said, he, he wants, he says to the guards, want to see a card trick and then he just throws his cards at them. I'm like, That's not much of a card trick. Um, Done the job though. And then a mystery army man who looks like the 90s personified saves Gambit. Um, and his gun is of the highest quality. It shoots things and they instantly blow up. 
Um, and then we get an exposition dump on him and say, his name is Cable. <laughs> and he rules. He used, he, used to work for, he used to work for the leader. Now he's a mercenary. Um, and it's really interesting because this, this, this story never gets picked up again, but Cable's definitely a recurring character. Um, yeah, I wonder if there was something there. They must have like had something lined up that they just threw yeah. away. You always got to wonder with the first season of something, mm. is there is there a lot of throwing shit against the wall? Yeah. Um, uh, and then so um, Gambit does save them. He gets Storm and Jubilee out of those little boxes and Jubilee calls him a jerk and and, and then they gotta run, they've got to take off. And Gambit just picks Jubilee up and they're running. For some reason, he doesn't put her down. And then to throw salt into Jubilee's wounds, he says, how do you sweat so much and not lose weight, petit? <laughs> are they being shot at? Yeah, I think so. The shooting grunts are doing a worse job than the Sentinels at that point. Yeah. I like, this is a thing that's in the Spider-Man animated series, and I think in the Batman animated series. You can't have real guns, so all of the weapons shoot lasers. Yeah, they also choose different words for, like, killing as well, which is real funny, because they always talk about, he, he's destroying him! <laughs> <laughs> and being destroyed sounds way worse than being killed. <laughs> mm. I've just got another, another line, another mint line from Gambit when he gets, um, comes across this, another sentinel, and he just says, Monsieur Sentinel! <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've seen here we, for for some reason whenever Storm is doing exposition and using her, especially when she does exposition to use her powers, I summon the full power of the storm. I'm like, this is mint. This is the exposition I want. <laughs> and this is this is my favorite part of this episode. The dam's breaking. The water's coming in. The X Men have saved the day, and the all the people they freed take off. They're like, "Now we're out of here." Um, but so we're back in the master mold room, and he gets up to escape, and just turns around and goes, "Oh no, I'm still plugged in." <laughs> <laughs> and he's you also get you also get a scene of him making another Sentinel, and he kind of operates like a '90s printer, it kind of flips out the middle, and then just comes just like straight out. Quite good. It's a weird, like, more human-sized sentinel. I quite liked it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe. Why uh, do they want more sentinels? To round up more mutants to build their dams that the sentinels would be way better at building. <laughs> I guess the creator needed more robot violence as opposed to human-on-human -human yeah, violence yeah. or mutant-on-human mm. violence. Something that Wolverine slash Meg can actually use um, his claws in. I'll tell you something very interesting that they probably should have tapped into in this series. In the 90s, uh, you had to pay, look, I'm going to get this wrong, but some sort of tax or uh, uh, some sort of money to make dolls that were humans. So like your Barbies or, or your Kens, but also, you know, like a Captain America or, um, and the M Mattel, I believe it was Mattel who was making the X-Men toys, successfully argued in court that mutants aren't humans. Oh, what? Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and I've just got here. So they're on their way home oh, after some awesome um, theme song stuff. And there's no answer at the mansion, just static. They've been saved, right, by Cyclops and Rogue and Poochie. Someone uh, at some point throws um, a couple of washers slash bolts at a Sentinel and it kills it. Or right. just Ga- it. Gambit charges them up with his kinetic energy. <laughs> Have we talked about Gambit's powers and how they don't make sense? Uh, oh, no, we haven't, but I just thought they were the cards. He charges objects with the kinetic energy that exists in them to the point that they explode. Okay. That doesn't, I don't know much about kinetic energy, but that doesn't make much sense to me. But, but, you know, like a guy throwing cards that explodes mint. Yeah. Looks good. Yeah. That is cool. Um, And so they're on the way home. No answer at the mansion. They turn up and the school has just been absolutely pummeled. Any final thoughts on Slave Island? Uh, get into get into this uh, Un- unstoppable juggernaut. Right. Yeah. What? My first note: Wolverine's a dick. <laughs> I, I don't even remember why. Uh, Meg's mint. <laughs> um, so the, Meg uses his powers for good, picking his teeth. Can open beer cans. He can pick his teeth. Got heaps of real good powers. <laughs> Yeah, and obviously smell real good. <laughs> <laughs> so they so they finally get into the war room. So the, the the sub level of the mansion's intact, and there's a note from Professor X saying he's he's taking a journey in secret, and I'm not going to tell you anything about it. Horrendous message, by the way. Oh, what a jerk! It's like a a five second message. Yeah. Um. And um. And so. They, 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 they hope that Professor X got away before the mansion was destroyed, but they don't know. Then they see a report of uh, a giant man robbing a bank downtown, and so off they go. And it actually cuts to um, a construction site where everyone's been replaced by a foreign guy who's called the Super Rusky. And we, get our, <laughs> we get our first look at Colossus, who sounds a little bit more like Arnold than a Russian. No, it wasn't. I think you missed a. Oh, you missed a bit of Cyclops pouting about Meg as they leave the mansion. Oh, he um, goes off on his own leader. again. I hate Cyclops. He's my favourite character. <laughs> Not so much in the cartoon though. Um, sorry, sorry, carry on. Yeah, so I got questions about his accent, and then. Um, the, the, so the uh, the workers try to take him on, which is obviously ridiculous because he just demoed a building on his own. We're not working for no mutant crusher. <laughs> <laughs> He's such and, a good sort to them as well. He's not yeah, worried what about a lovely it. man. Yeah. He, is, he's, he, he seems a little bit slow on the uptake, but anyway. Jubilee's, uh, yeah. Jubilee's keen as to get involved. And Wolverine's like, uh, sorry, Meg's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Watch how he handles these guys. And then <laughs> he, he absolutely obliterates the humans. And then yeah. Wolverine decides it's a good time to jump on his back. <laughs> Wolverine does a lot of jumping on backs or heads in this episode. <laughs> oh. um, I, but I love so. So um, Colossus throws something. Oh, he's and got a great Wol- arm. Yeah. And that's a reference in the, in the, in the comic Wolverine. box. He yeah, in the, co- 
in the comic books, he throws Wolverine at uh, enemies, in particular Sentinels, and it's it's got a name. The move has a name. Sellers, do you remember what it's called? Be the Fastball Special. The Fastball Special. Colossus throws Wolverine. Oh, okay. So you're spoiling the fact that Colossus does, uh, in fact, become. Nah, he's not. A, he's not. He's not even. I wouldn't even call him a recurring character in the series. Unfortunately. In comics. Yeah, in comics. In comics, he's a mainstay. Okay. He's part of the second Genesis. Okay. Um, and and so Wolverine um, works out that Colossus isn't the guy they're looking for with his smelling powers. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they just keep coming in handy. And then Rogue shows how thirsty she is for Colossus. <laughs> Calls him a hunk, hunk, hunk of mutant or a hunk of a mutant. She says, oh, you're locking up a big, good-looking hunk of mutant like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they decide they need to break him out because he might be able to help. Well, they want to clear his name and take down the actual person who is the juggernaut. Um, and we get to see Beast in his cell. And he, him and Colossus have instantly hit it off. And... Um, and he encourages Colossus to break out of prison or out of the cell, sorry, not prison, out of the cell, even though he's refusing because he wants his day in court. He just says, trust my friends. And I've got a note here saying, shit, the X-Men love breaking the law. Yes. Um, and then and then we meet Juggernaut. And I say, I love Juggernaut's voice. He kind of gives off this rough Rodney Dangerfield vibe. <laughs> but Pat's, Pat's supposed to mention the voice acting, not you. Yeah. Oh. Really, Pat, really, talk about it. Oh my, you're really <laughs> stealing my thunder here. But it's, yeah, there's a lot of great voice work in this series. Whether they, you know, mix it up a little bit with the same characters from episode to episode, I don't think that really matters. And it's just like putting the episodes out of order. Everything makes it better. <laughs> Pat, I'll, talk you were... co- I'll talk about his costume because Pat hasn't. Juggernauts? Juggernauts. Yeah, no, I didn't, like, I didn't like it very much. You look like Norman the. Norman the Man-Eating Shark. Have you read that book? <laughs> no. I had more things to say about um, the costume of Jubilee early on. She's just, it's, it, she's walking around the facility in just like a real random, just pair of shorts and like uh, woolen jersey. Right. So I just keep <laughs> noticing when they like keep dressing differently and it's like, I feel like you're meant to be at work at the moment. Storm was running around in some sort of pink getup for half of it as well. So I feel like she was out shopping and got interrupted for a, um, mission. <laughs> they're, they're like in one scene, Wolverine's in civvies, and the next scene, he's in his costume. Whether he got changed, it, I don't know. I mean, Storm obviously just turns her costume on somehow. Reckon he supermaned it um, straight into the telephone booth. They, they existed at the time. Mm. Um, surely you'd know this, Pat, that Colossus and Juggernaut are voiced by the same actor in this episode. Oh, really? Very good stuff. Yeah, yeah so I was I was so thinking it was Dangerfield that I looked it up. <laughs> it would have been amazing if it was Ronnie Dangerfield. Yeah, oh, that would have, yeah, that would have that would have been the icing on the cake. He would have been really good at Wolverine uh, as well, actually. <laughs> if you had Dangerfield yelling, yeah. "You you egg sucking pieces of gutter trash," <laughs> especially because Wolverine also walking around talking about how he gets no respect. <laughs> 
Um, so um, I've just got um, Juggernaut can take a hit from a tank. Um, yeah, he's like unstoppable. He's got all this cash. He's got all this cash, and the tank shoots missiles at him, and the cash just stays intact. How's that work? <laughs> I, no answer for that. It works for the plot. <laughs> um, and so Juggernaut recognizes some of the X Men. He says, "So where's Xavier?" And and he's having and he's having a fight with Wolverine, and then. Jubilee distraction distracts him with the fireworks powers, and Juggernaut says, "What's this? The Fourth of July? <laughs> I'll show you, you overgrown trash can." <laughs> um, because if Xavier's gone somewhere, eh, he's 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 been taken out of play for this episode to go do some research somewhere. But the only thing I noticed is yep. when he like tells him he's already gone and then he video calls in with like this big floating head video call machine, which was another pretty cool piece of tech to go along with the floaty chairs that he's obviously built his empire on. Hover chairs, Pat. Hover chairs. Floaty. <laughs> um, and uh, so the rest of the X-Men engage with Juggernaut and Colossus says something about why would a mutant turn on other mutants and... Juggernauts. I'm not a mutant. My powers are magical, <laughs> which they are. Mm. Um, and then, on. and then he calls them mutant wimps. Um, wimps and it was than, better than dweebs. And then it, it, I've written here. At this point, I notice Colossus's excellent pair of loafers. <laughs> Pat didn't. I did <laughs> notice it, but the only thing is how small is Juggernaut's head if you look at like the size of his body and where that helmet comes down. Like the top of like his forehead must be in line with his shoulders. Search up Norman the Great Man Eating Shark. <laughs> I'm gonna do that right now. Yeah, I'm doing it too. Um no. the I'm surprised you didn't you, you didn't notice he had lo lovers loafers or hooves. <laughs> so doesn't Cyclops uh, here again mug off Meg? <laughs> Norman's really hard to look at for the record. <laughs> I I wrote I wrote that down as well about Cyclops um, having a dig, but also you know the plan works. Um. The plan is well. I suppose it's so, so. The the plan, and this is also classic comic comic book. Like Juggernaut's in like the, one of the first ten, fifteen issues of X Men, and this is how they beat him in that. They get the lid off, but I think it's Professor X who does the brain melting. But so they all take turns at getting him off balance and blah blah blah. And Rogue tries to absorb his powers, but that's no good. And then Gene, um, Gene pretty much mind wipes him. What the hell happened to Rogue there? I think just because Juggernaut's full of magical energies and stuff like that, it's all a bit too much for her. Um, too much to handle. This has happened in, in the comics quite a lot. If she, like, say, tries to take the powers of Thor, who's a god, you know, like, that messes with her because it's all a bit too powerful for her to handle, I guess. I mean, it's just, it's just plot convenience. Another nice to see Jean do something again uh, with an immoral mind wipe. <laughs> Men in black light. But I, I love when um, uh, Juggernaut comes to and he's sort of stumbling down the road and he says, oh, got to watch those late night parties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then, and then, and then Wolverine says something to the team about how there is something to this wimpy teamwork garbage. There's heaps of wimp talk. Eh? Juggernaut's always playing yeah. the muted wimps. And they invite Colossus to join the team, but he's got to go find his sister. And I wonder if that's a reference to the fact that his in the comic books his sister gets kidnapped by demons and taken to a place called Limbo, which is effectively hell, and gets raised there. Hmm. Iliana. Also, fun fact for Colossus, um, his, his name is Pewtor Rasputin, and he is of the Rasputin line. Really? Oh, yeah. Really adding depth to Colossus there. Mm. Mm. He's mm. great and, um, she was in this more. Yeah, yeah. And that's my notes on the Unstoppable Juggernaut finished. So any final thoughts? One... Um... I think right at the end, Wolverine's talking to Jubilee, and he's like, and she says, or he says, oh, something about uh, you never realise how much he missed the place. And she said, it, yeah, it's the first place that uh, she, she really could feel like she could call home. I, I felt like she really mugged off those adopted parents uh, that she that she left high and dry, and she still hasn't gone back to visit, by the way. Could, for all intents and purposes, it may have been a fortnight since she moved there as well. Like things are happening pretty quickly here. Or so it would seem. I'm almost more looking forward to when we get... How, how, how far along do you get to the full Juggernaut story? It's quite good about how his powers sort of How he gets work. his powers. Uh, let me have a look. It's got a... I know the name of it, so... Um, something, something about Sidorak. What powers of Sidorak or something? Yeah, I think it's just called. Uh, there's one called the Juggernaut Returns. That's um, that's season three. Um, I think that might be it. But yeah, you get the full backstory. You get a little look at um, Charles and and the Juggernaut or Kane Marco's um, time together serving in Korea, or was it Vietnam? I think it's Korea. Um, and you get a little nod in this episode to the fact, because when, when um, Rogue's spazzing out, she's saying stuff about Juggernaut, about how Juggernaut and Charles are stepbrothers. Um, that gets fleshed out a lot more later. Um, I'm, 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 from my perspective, um, without having these conversations, I reckon I'd find it quite difficult to be following the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if you're not supposed to know that, though. Like, yeah, you probably, you probably would just pick it up later down the track. You're like, oh, that's what they were talking about earlier on. That's what I'm hoping. Mm. Like, the Morlocks were just like a random thing that happened in, in an episode, and it basically took the whole episode. Um, and then they were randomly, they've gone to, what was that place called? Genosha. Genosha. <laughs> Genosha. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping as I get further along, it'll fit in a little bit more. But also these conversations are helping me understand it a bit better. Do we? I don't know if we return to Genosha. Um, I tell you what, in the comic books, Genosha goes through the ringer. Um, it, gets, it gets liberated by mutants. Um, and it, then um, it becomes, you know, mutant friendly. And then the UN gives Genosha to Magneto and says, right, we're going to ignore all of your terrorist activities if you go to Genosha and stay there. It's yours. It's your country. Do what you want. 
just stay away from us. And um, it thrives for a while. And then to, to, to cut a convoluted story short, a psychic, Charles Xavier's twin from the womb, who he killed in the womb psychically, um, manifests herself as a human and sends a thousand sentinels to destroy Genosha. It's madness. It's, it's something like 20 million mutants get killed. And that's a really well-respected run by famous uh, writer Grant Morrison. Wow. Um, yes. So. Tell us, tell, us what we're, tell us what we're going through next. What, are the, what order are we watching these episodes? Episode three will kick off with The Cure. It's where I think Disney Plus was going to send us next. This, they, put, they pull about four episodes before this one, I think. Yeah, um, and then we've got uh, Come the Apocalypse, um, and then and then we get a two-parter, absolute banger, Days of Future Past, and then we get the last episode of season. I think that's where we get to see one. Meg call any time travellers time jockeys, which is great. <laughs> and calling heaps of people rookie. Yeah, he's yeah, he's not making any more friends. Lot is the one and only one he's done. And then the last episode of the season and of our episode three is the final decision. We'll put them in the show notes when we figure out how to do show notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... So should we do our uh, our well practice sign off? I will say I locked up that Norman the Shark as well, and oh my god, <laughs> I'm not going to be sleeping tonight. That was bizarre. He's got a real weird circly head. Oh, eh? yeah. Well, the features are like squashed like, into one like part a, of it. Looks like the head of a bullet. <laughs> oh no. Um, do you, does do, Pat? Do you remember the sign off? Ah, uh, not at all. Do you remember it, Sam? Um, someone says, "Let's go home." That's the second part. Yeah. Okay. So you ready? Who's going? Are you going to go with me this time, Sam? Uh, Pat's going to do it. He's got All a good right. voice. All right. Mission accomplished, buddy. Let's go home. <laughs> yeah. Wow.